Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. So, I'm Emily. Hello. Um, and there's one thing you have to know about me. I love the greatest showman. And in case some of you know, it came out yesterday. And it's yeah, amazing, just to say. And I wanted to pre-order it. But when I checked my wallet, I kind of saw one or two moths fly out. <laughs> this may sound silly, but I really wanted to watch this film. I mean, Hugh Jackman, Zendaya, and Zac Efron are all singing. I had to end up begging my dad, and we ended up agreeing that I was allowed it, but only if I did a bit more housework. <laughs> now, linking back to Proverbs 22, verse 7, I was a slave to the lender, who would be my dad, until I paid him back. Now, doing housework isn't bad at all, but when the people get in debt, they get into really big trouble. Well, they can sometimes. In It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey becomes eight thousand dollars in debt and he even contemplates suicide. Debts can be vast amounts and it can have a serious effect. Approximately 31% of all couples, even the happiest ones, clash over their finances at least once a month. 34% of the disagreements are about major prices. 24% are disagreements about children or family. 14 are about important investment decisions decisions. And finally, 23% of the major disagreements when it comes to money is a partner's spending habits. And money has also made it into the top 10 reasons why couples argue according to The Guardian. I'm only just 14 and I don't earn any money yet, but I have seen the episode of Friends, the one with five steaks and an eggplant. <laughs> the whole episode is about half the gang being financially challenged and money tearing them apart as our pride will not allow us to accept charity. I've even seen it amongst friends in social events. Money can even tear the best of friends or the happiest couples apart. But the worst thing of all that money can do is tear people apart from God. God wants us to be in a position to hear from him and to serve people in his name, not to be in bondage to payments. He wants us to have freedom and options. Many of us sense it, God calling, us to do great things for him, but when we're in debt, we're not solely focused on it. In the Bible, money is the, one of the most mentioned things, as it's mentioned 2,350 times. God has provided us with so much wisdom in this area as an act of love, because he is for us, not because he wants anything from us, other than a relationship. We live in a world where debt is considered normal. We're all told that we can't go to school or buy a house or get a car without loans. People borrow money to replace our cars, put 0% down on, house, on new houses and finance. But before we know it, all the debt starts weighing us down. It keeps us up at night. It causes us to spend more time worrying than praying. It just isn't healthy. Have you ever wondered why debt ruins lives? Maybe it's because God has never intended us to live in bondage to debt. Romans 13 verse 8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love of one another, for whoever loves another has fulfilled the law. What Paul is trying to say is staying out of debt is hard if you are already in debt. 
It seems that the deeper you go in, the harder it is to dig your way out. The only thing Paul sees that we should do and owe anyone is our love. And by loving one another, we are fulfilling the law. God didn't want his people being dragged around everywhere they went. He didn't want us enslaved to credit cards and debt loans. The Bible has a lot to say about staying out of debt and being in debt, and it's not good. We, all have the ha- we would all have happier lives and be more free of debt if we can learn to live with less. But that's easier to say and hard to do. We need to pray and ask for wisdom. Ask God to guide us. If you have stress in your life and money for each is somewhere in that, then pray with our loving Lord and listen to what he has to say. Our Lord is great. He is powerful. He is caring and he is good. He will help you in everything. It may take time, but he will. If you just pray and keep faith, the Lord will come. Thank you. Can we just have another round of applause to Emily? That was amazing. Yeah, got quite a hard act to follow now. But uh, there we go, we'll try anyway. Um, Yeah, brilliant. So that's essentially what I'm going to be talking about. Um, Money stress. Money. So I'm not going to lie, when I was first told that I was going to need to talk about this, I was like... I'm only 18, like, my money stress is, do I have enough to go to the cinema this month? Like, um, and debts, again, like, yes, I might owe my sister some money that I borrowed earlier, but um, nothing, nothing compared to what um, a lot of people in this world are talking about. So, um, yeah, where do I go? Where do I start? Luckily, I found quite a, a, a useful tool it's quite handy having the word of an omniscient being to turn to. Um, because, as Emily said, there's, there's a lot in there. So um, let's unpack it. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. It's quite a hard-hitting verse. It's essentially saying that we are becoming... It says we're becoming a slave to debt. Money is taking over. It's gaining authority over us. And that's a really nasty thing to feel. Um, Yeah, it's it's horrible. No one wants to be in debt. And sometimes the amount of debt you're in, it's just overwhelming. Um, And unfortunately, that's because of the society we're in. We're in a money-centered society globally. Everything is for money. Everything. And, and money makes it sort of what, what makes the world move. You can't, you can't, you, you feel helpless without money. You can't get anywhere without money. And unfortunately, money takes over our lives and replaces important things, the things that really matter in our life. Now, when the Bible discusses money, um, back in those days, it's not just how, much, how many quid you have in your wallet. It's 
everything. It's all your possessions. It's how much gold and silver you had at home or how little you had in some cases. And um, you were judged on how much money, possessions, you had. And sadly, in society today, it's not really changed. You have the huge rich people up at the top, and then you have the poor people who don't have much money. And you have the very rich people, the very, very rich people. Often you feel like they're looking down on the poor. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, but what we've got to try and do, which is a very hard thing to do, is not let money take over from the part of our lives that we need to give to God. Uh, there's a verse in Matthew, Matthew 6, verse 24, where God says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So consider this story. You're a servant, and you're working for two separate people. One of your masters is kind and caring and loving. He doesn't, he doesn't really expect you to do anything. He's just there looking out for you. And you just, you just need to, all you need to do is say, yes, I am your servant. And, and he will just give you everything else. And then you have your other master who's nasty, who's cruel, who doesn't care for your well-being, and it punishes you if you don't do what the necessary thing is. Now, if you've got both of them, you're not going to want the punishment. So you're going to try and work for this wicked slave, uh, wicked master to try and get out of that punishment, to try and do what that is right. But then you start to find that the wicked master is just giving you more and more jobs that you have to do. And to try and avoid the punishment, you're doing more and more of that. And suddenly you realize that you haven't seen your kind and caring master who you really want to be with because you don't have the time anymore because you've been putting all your time into the wicked master. And soon, the kind, caring master is not even your master anymore. You, you, don't, you don't see it. And the cruel master has taken over your life completely. And if you, can, you can probably see where I'm going with this. The kind, caring master is, of course, God. And the wicked, wicked master is money. If we are serving money we cannot be serving God, at least not to the full potential of what we can. And again, that's hard. Money takes over your life, and, and the world doesn't make it better for us. Take the iPhone, for example. Apple were found out recently that they were making their iPhones um, fail earlier, fail sooner than they really should have, so that people would just have no other choice but to go out and buy the new, more expensive phone that they release each year. And that's how Apple is crazy rich. But we're the people who get the punishment for that. For me and many other people my age, next year, hoping to go to university. And what's the first thing we're hit in the face with? Fees. Those huge fees which are going to increase again. And all we have is a student loan that we then have to pay back across the rest of our lives, debt. Like, we want to be able to go on and get an education for a job in the future, yet we're now stuck with debt that we are now a slave to. 
it creeps into our lives like a virus, sort of. It, you, don't, you don't want it to be there, but it just does, and, and you, can't, you can't get rid of it. It's, it's a really bad cure. And I'm not going to stand here and say, don't go to university, don't get an iPhone, do be just everything to do with God, because that's not how the world works. It's how we can work with the world and with God to get through these situations, how we can let God be the master of our lives, even in this cruel, money-focused society. You've probably been um, told about a happiness survey that was conducted a few years back where they took all the countries in the world, took um, their gross domestic product, which is basically how rich the country is, and then they did a scale on how happy everyone is. And they found that generally the people that had, the countries that had less money were the happier countries. But I decided to take this one step further and look at those countries and see what their main religion was. So the top four happiest countries were Finland, Norway, Denmark, and Iceland. Now, I'd be happy there because they all have snow. But um, their, their, best, their top main religion is Christianity. And I don't think that's necessarily a coincidence. I'm not saying it's the only reason for their happiness, but I'd say if your main religion is Christianity, that means you've got God on your side. That means there are a large proportion of the people there are serving God, and they're happy. Because if we don't forget about God, the stresses that the money is putting on us suddenly doesn't seem quite so bad. Philippians 4.13, very well-known verse, says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Right? God is our strength. We can be in a very, very, very bad money crisis. We can be in debt. We can be enslaved to the owner, to the lender. But we're not alone. We have God. We can't let life get in the way of what God has with us. Because if we put God first, he will help us get through it. And the best thing about this is God's love, God's support, God's strength does not cost us a single penny. We can try and buy the nicest things, but we'll never get that happiness that God can give us. If we put God as our master, if we choose God, he will help us get through things. And um, sometimes you just need to have that faith that even though you're in, a, you're in a bad place, you might have this huge, huge debt that God is there. And not only is God there, but all you guys are here for each other as well. Because if we all have God as our one master, we're all one big church family. And so, and sometimes it can be very hard. You can be praying to God and feel like nothing is happening. And it is, and God's plan is there for each and every one of us. But sometimes it feels like you're just at rock bottom and, and there's nothing. But that's, that's what we're all here for each other as well. 
and there are um, great organizations like Christians Against Poverty that really work to help people out of debt. But sometimes it's just, sometimes you just need someone else there for you. And so that's what we can do. So, so to think about, money is one of the poisonous things of the world that plays such a huge part in our lives that um, it really does control us. And it's, it's, it's awful. And if we're not careful, we can let it take over and take control of us, and it becomes bigger things in our life than it, in, than it does, um, than God does in our lives. And, and the struggles will come, and probably everyone will be in debt in some point, and um, there'll be, there are financial crises all the time. But um, if we keep God in that top spot in our lives, we can rise up beyond society and we can help one another as well to make sure that God stays at the top and in turn, he will help us get through it. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk Thank you.